What a monumental evening it was on Saturday in the city of Louisville as over 59,000 fans witnessed the Louisville Cardinals pulling off an upset over the 10th-ranked Notre Dame Fighting Irish. We'll talk about how this win changes the national perception of this team, the team rising 11 spots in the AP Top 25 poll, and more on today's episode of the Locked On Louisville podcast. Stay tuned. You are Locked On Louisville. Your daily podcast on the Louisville Cardinals. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. What is going on, everyone? Welcome into another episode of the Locked On Louisville Podcast. I'm your host, Dalton Pence. Um, I am a credential media member for Cardinal Sports Zone. I also do some PA announcement work for the university in various sports. I want to take this time to personally thank you all for making us your first listen of the day. Just a reminder that the Locked On Louisville podcast is free on all streaming services, five days a week, your team, every day. As I mentioned, it was a very fantastic evening for the Derby City on Saturday night. The 25th ranked Louisville Cardinals pulling off a 33-20 upset over the 10th ranked Notre Dame Fighting Irish. We'll talk about how this victory changes the national perception of this team, um, Louisville also rose 11 spots in the AP Top 25 poll to number 14. It has sparked a debate as to whether or not that ranking truly matters right now. We'll answer that question. We'll also um, start to dive into the performance and see exactly how Louisville um, came out victorious in this meeting with Notre Dame. So, But for starters, the vibes are immaculate. Um it is quite a beginning to the Jeff Brom era in the city of Louisville. Uh, it's the Jeff Brom effect. I tweeted it out last night. Um, I believe that, you know, you couldn't really have asked for this era to start any better than it has so far. I mean, it's really hard to argue with that. The team is bowl eligible after only playing six games. Now, granted, you can say, well, the strength of schedule wasn't all the greatest. Well, you still won the six games. One of those games was against the number 10 team in the country. It's the second consecutive season in which Louisville has won a game at home against the number 10th ranked team in the country. Last year, they did it against Wake Forest. This year, against Notre Dame. Uh, Both of those teams in which Sam Hartman was the starting quarterback for the opposition. But I feel like this win holds a little bit more weight because of sort of the context in which the program is in. Last year, the win against Notre Dame, it was pretty significant. I mean, any win against a top 10 team is going to be significant. But even with that victory, I mean, a lot of people still were not sold on Scott Satterfield. So there were still some mixed opinions, even though they got the win. I think if you asked the majority of the fan base, they would still tell you that there still was work that needed to be done. This victory was a little bit more significant, in my opinion. I personally think it's going to go down um, as one of those victories that is talked about alongside the likes of 2002 Florida State, 2006 West Virginia, 2016 Florida State, as those um, most notable victories of the 21st century because of, I think, what it's going to be able to do for this program. Look, I think we talked about you know what's at stake for Louisville last week, and I do want to apologize that we didn't have much preview of the matchup against Notre Dame. Had some stuff pop up to where I was unable to record, but um, obviously we're going to break down the performance um, throughout the duration of the week. Um But like I said in that opening episode, answering what's at stake against Notre Dame, 
I mentioned that I feel like the national perception of this Louisville team is there's like two schools of thought. Number one, you can see Louisville as sort of that underrated sleeper team in the ACC that's good, that doesn't get talked about enough, that can really throw some wrenches in national plans for playoff hopes, um, you know, for teams that are pretty solid across the country. Or there is, I think, the majority of the nation that believes that, okay, that's cool. Jeff Brom is an upgrade over Scott Satterfield, but they're 5-0 and because they haven't played a tough schedule. I mean, they played Georgia Tech, Murray State, Indiana, Boston College, and NC State. Those aren't going to be teams that are going to turn your head. So I think that a lot of people were looking at this game against Notre Dame, whose only loss came on a pretty much last-second touchdown to Ohio State. They were looking at this game to determine how legit is this Louisville team. And I think, obviously, they answered that. Um, Louisville played Notre Dame tougher than any other team has up until this point. That includes Ohio State. That includes NC State. That includes Duke. So it's not like the Notre Dame. this Notre Dame team is not tested. It's probably one of the most tested teams in the country up until this point. I would love to see a team that has been tested more than Notre Dame. So I don't necessarily think that Notre Dame being ranked in the top 10 was a fluke or anything like that. This is a legit win that um, boosts the resume, boosts the, the strength of schedule as well. And I think that that's also looking back to last year, why that Notre Dame, or I'm sorry, the Wake Forest win was sort of um, less significant than this year's Notre Dame win, because I think that there was a lot of people that weren't sold on that Wake Forest team being a top 10 opponent. Um, actually, I think Wake Forest was actually number nine last year. I apologize. They were not number 10. They were number nine, if my memory serves me correctly. So, um, at the end of the day, this victory, in my opinion, is going to really, really, no, actually Wake Forest was number 10. I'm sort of double guessing myself at this point, but, um, nonetheless, looking at this victory, I feel like it changes the national perception of this Louisville team. Now, granted, just because you beat Notre Dame doesn't mean that you're automatically now going to be talked about in terms of college football playoff contention. The win itself was fantastic, but you still have half the season to go, so you can't have um, you know, any type of hangover from this game. You have to have short-term memory and stay focused for next week against Pittsburgh. Um, you know, never get too high, never get too low. But this win in particular, number one, all, a lot of people were watching this game. Notre Dame is a team that when you're playing them, it's going to draw a good amount of attention just due to the simple impact of that Irish program. Um, you know, there's a ton of weight when it comes to that um, brand and that program. So ultimately, I think that we go from seeing Louisville as a borderline, okay, they're good team to now they're in the next echelon of, okay, they're pretty solid. Louisville is a good team. They're a top 20 team for sure. But it's one game. So I don't feel comfortable now saying that they're they could be in potential uh they could be in a potential spot to compete for a college football playoff opportunity because only four teams make the playoffs this year. Um, you know, you still have three undefeated ACC teams. That's Florida State, North Carolina, and the Cardinals. Both FSU and UNC are ranked higher 
than the Cardinals program, and none of those three teams play each other this season. So, I mean, I mean, theoretically, Louisville could go 12-0 and and Florida State and UNC do the same, and obviously that 12-0 and wouldn't be viewed as the same as FSU and UNC. Obviously, we're playing the hypothetical game here, so I don't want to get too far ahead of myself or anything like that, but I say that to say this is that just because you defeated Notre Dame doesn't mean that the your foregone conclusion for this season has been written that Louisville is now being viewed as you know one of the best teams in the country. I think it's a good step in the right direction. And I don't want people thinking that I'm underplaying this victory, that I'm taking away some of the significance from it because I'm not. It is a huge victory. I think that it potentially changes. Actually, it probably doesn't potentially change. It changes the ceiling for this team. It changes the entire outlook for this season because, you know, we went through the first four weeks of the season and they were all four games that everyone knew Louisville should win. And they did. And it's one thing to handle business, but to play the devil's advocate, you didn't do much more than just handling business, right? Um, But the second four weeks of the season, granted NC State, was not all that great. They still played the Louisville tough, but Louisville won. You start to get into the point of the schedule where it's like, okay, now you're going up against the top teams. On paper, Notre Dame's the best team that you'll play all season through six weeks of the year, right? At least on paper. Now, Notre Dame could not play well for the rest of the year to where, you know, we have the discussion at the end of the season. It's like, well, Notre Dame was eight and four. Were they really the best team? Well, they were the, they were a top 10 team coming into Cardinal stadium. So I think by far heading into the season, they were the best team that Louisville was to play. Louisville wins that game. Now it begs the question is how high will the ceiling be moving forward? How does it change expectations for this team? I think it does both. And that's something we're going to talk about on tomorrow's episode of the show uh, during the first segment to um, really start to paint the picture of the context surrounding this program heading into a week seven matchup on the road against Pittsburgh. So, um, like I said, for starters, this is a significant victory. It is one of the best victories for this Louisville program over the past 20 years. I do believe that. But at the same time, there still is a lot of football to be played. Jeff Brom said it. This is a one-game season. Each week is a new challenge, and you can't you know, be hung over during any week because that's how you start to play with fire and could potentially lose a game that you are not supposed to lose. So, um Louisville with a huge victory over over number 10, Notre Dame. They're both eligible, but the expectations will now potentially rise. We'll talk about that moving forward. But um, on the next segment of the show, we're going to discuss the rankings. Louisville rose 11 spots, not 14 spots. They rose 11 to reach number 14. And there has been a discussion now on social media that I've seen that I want to kind of answer the question as to whether or not it matters where Louisville is currently ranked heading into week seven of the season. We'll do that here momentarily after we talk about our friends over at Athletic Brewing. Your game changer of the week brought to you by Athletic Brewing Company was the 12th man, the Louisville fan base that showed up to LNN Stadium, over 59,000 people that had a pretty significant impact on this game. Athletic Brewing Company has completely changed the non-alcoholic beer game, though. They make non-alcoholic beers that actually taste good. 
Um, there are a handful of different flavors, over 50 styles of craft, non-alcoholic beers, including IPAs, Goldens, Sours, and more. My favorite specifically is the Oktoberfest. Um, I feel like it's great for this time of year. Fall is the best time of year, but all their brews are great tasting and award-winning. They're fit for all time, so whether you're watching a big game, uh, tackling work, working out, they're extremely versatile. You don't have any hangovers ever. Um, they're the fastest growing non-alcoholic brewery in the United States, so it's time to get on board. You can find Athletic Brewing Company's non-alcoholic brews at a store near you or buy online at athleticbrewing.com. First-time customers can use the code Locked On to get 15% off your first online order. That's code L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N at checkout for 15% off at, at athleticbrewing.com. Exclusions and conditions apply. Athletic Brewing Company fit for all times. Hey, Cardinal fans, we are halfway through the college football season, but don't forget that Locked On is continuing to kick up our coverage with Locked On College Football Kickoff Live. Each Friday, Locked On will go live at 11 a.m. Eastern on every Locked On College YouTube channel. College Football Kickoff Live will cover playoff implications, the conference rivalry games, while also going in-depth like only Locked On can, including insight and analysis from our stable at Locked On College Network covering their team Every day, find Locked On College Football Kickoff live every Friday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time on any Locked On College YouTube channel. You won't want to miss it, so be sure to stay tuned. Okay, heading on into the second segment of the show, we just discussed the implications of this victory, the impact of the upset over Notre Dame. Obviously, it had a lot of impact on the AP rankings. The Cardinals rose 11 spots. They jumped the highest in the latest AP Top 25 rankings. They are now sitting at number 14 in the country. That's the highest ranking since 2017, Lamar Jackson's final season as a Cardinal. And they reached that ranking early on in the season. So, um... Pretty impressive to do so through six weeks, but there has sparked an internal discussion in this fan base that has um, been pretty opposite um, in the way that it's being approached. There is one portion of the fan base that says, well, it doesn't matter where Louisville is ranked currently because you can't get caught up in rankings because you have to handle business. If you win games, the rankings will come. And then there's the other side that says, well, yeah, that's true, but you also need some help from other teams across the country to rise up those rankings because it gets tougher and tougher to rise up rankings as you get higher up the polls. Um, and you never know, especially with how Louisville's strength of schedule is viewed nationally, that it might be a problem for um, you know potential playoff implications big time New Year's Six Bowls, etc. Um I see both sides to the discussion. And like I do a lot, I agree with both sides of the equation. Personally, I think that there's a ton of merit in the first style of thinking because regardless of what your ranking is, you still have to go out and you have to win games. I feel like that is that that's a given. You know, we know that. That obviously is something that comes with the territory. Um, I also agree that, you know, if you keep winning, 
you'll still keep rising now. Granted, how much you're going to rise depends on what teams do ahead of you. But we're at the point this season or in the season through the first half of the year to where you're sitting right now at 6-0. and um, You know, it, we mentioned that there's three ACC teams that are 6-0 and currently or they're undefeated currently. Sorry, not every team 6-0. and North Carolina and Florida State are undefeated as well. So the question is, how much help is Louisville need is going to need to get in the rankings moving forward? Now, granted, the prerequisite here is that they have to continue to win games. If you don't win games, it doesn't matter. Kind of like 2016 when Louisville ended up losing that game to Clemson in week five. And we're talking about, well, how is Louisville going to stay in contention for the college football playoff? Here's what needs to happen. Here's who needs to lose. It didn't matter because Louisville lost the last two games of the season to Houston and Kentucky. So the prerequisite here is that you have to continue to win games. And we're speaking on this specifically from a college football playoff standpoint. Before we go over the top here and say, well, you're, you're, you're getting ahead of yourself because Louisville's not a playoff team. Let me begin by saying that this is all hypothetical. Personally, I don't think Louisville should be viewed as a playoff team currently six, week in, six weeks into the season. I don't. I think that at this point in time, they still have to continue to show the nation and win games to get to that point. They're ranked number 14. It's a great ranking, but in the grand scheme of things, it's still you know not you know, top five, top six, top seven to where you're in contention. You are comfortably on the outside looking in. But I also know that with this other style of thinking that says it definitely does matter where you're ranked, I didn't agree with that to begin with until I started to look at the rankings. And then I started to gravitate toward that style of thinking because, look, this schedule is viewed pretty poorly by the rest of the country. You know, I feel like um, even though you have potential to get four wins ranked, um, Notre Dame, Kentucky, Miami, and Duke at this current time, they might not necessarily be ranked when Louisville plays them, and they might not necessarily win those specific games. But um, I do feel like you do need to have help from other teams because they're are two other ACC teams, and all three of those teams don't play each other, and they're all undefeated at this point. And Florida State has already beaten Clemson, and they've beaten LSU. So um, I, I do think that it sort of does matter where Louisville is ranked because even if we're not talking playoff implications, we're talking possible New Year's Six Bowls, um, having an opportunity to play in a big-time bowl uh, essentially for the first time in the college football playoff era, and it's going to be a pretty significant talking point to see where Louisville is ranked. Louisville is currently ranked 14th. Um, you have two ACC schools ahead of them, national powerhouses ahead of them as well. Um, so the higher that Louisville is ranked, the more weight that their brand is going to have as we go throughout the remainder of the season. And the more that Louisville will be talked about, I do think that um, you know the perception of a team and of a program definitely goes into account when you talk playoff implications, when you talk about big time bowl games, because it's all about TV ratings. It's all about matchups. We talk about, 
you know, the eye test and resumes and stuff like that. But I feel like there are teams that get into the playoff, get into these bowl games because of, you know, the eye test, or I'm sorry, not because of the eye test, but because of the ratings, because of um, TV revenue, et cetera. So I see both sides of the coin here. I do think it does matter where Louisville is ranked, but at the end of the day, you still have to handle business. So that's something that we have to look forward to moving forward. Louisville now turns their heads to a week seven matchup on the road against Pittsburgh before the bye week next weekend following. So um, we're going to start to break down this performance a little bit more in depth, discussing how Louisville ended up victorious in this game. We'll do that here momentarily after we talk about our friends over at eBay motors, passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered with over 102 million parts for your number one ride or die. You'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or you get your money back because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. eBay guaranteed fit only available to U.S. customers. Okay, heading into the final segment of the show, we're discussing the um, performance a little bit more in depth. We will break down the performance more on tomorrow's episode of the show when Grant Mulligan joins. But um, before we do that, I want to specifically talk about how the Cardinals ended up winning this game. I think it starts with the trenches. This is a victory or this is a matchup to where almost every analyst on ESPN said that Louisville was going to get outmatched in the trenches. And what actually happened was exactly the opposite. You look at the defensive side of the football and Louisville's defensive line set the tone. They allowed only a, around 50 rushing yards. They held Audric Estime to 10 carries for 20 yards. Jeremiah Love had five for 37, but they had multiple sacks um, on Sam Hartman, uh, five sacks to be um, specific, they had eight tackles for loss, and compare that to Notre Dame only getting two sacks and five tackles for loss. Um, not to mention the Cardinals forced five turnovers. So defensively, the team did what needed to be done. It bent but did not break. Um, came up at opportune times and forced turnovers. Sam Hartman for the second straight game against Louisville um, struggled with ball security in terms of finding his open receivers, and holding on to the football. The defense did what needed to be done. To get Sam Hartman out of his game, He they needed to put pressure on him. Sam Hartman graded out to be one of the uh, most inefficient quarterbacks when the pressure was on from opposing defenses, and credit to Ron English and company for bringing the heat and getting into the Notre Dame backfield. They defended the run, which I felt like made Notre Dame one-dimensional and forced Sam Hartman to throw the ball. He had 250 passing yards, um, but also they forced turnovers as well. So they did what needed to be done to get the ball back in the hands of the offense. Uh, Louisville also had one turnover that was on the first possession of the third quarter, Jamari Thrash, with a very uncharacteristic fumble. Um, he still finished with eight catches for 75 yards and a touchdown. I remember that uh, I was told from 
people on social media that Notre Dame's secondary was going to shut down the Louisville receiving core, and I felt like um, that just simply did not happen. Um, granted, the passing attack wasn't the greatest. Jack Plummer had did not have a bad game. He played pretty decently, 17 of 2445 yards, one touchdown, no interceptions. The big storyline here for Louisville, and it has been for five of the six games was the rushing attack. Louisville averaged around five yards per carry. Um, Jawar Jordan had a extremely solid bounce back game. 21 carries for 143 yards and two touchdowns, two critical second half touchdowns that put Louisville eventually up 24 to 13. Um, Isaac Garendo had eight for 27. Um, Amari Huggins Bruce had an end around for 19 yards. Maurice Turner, two for eight. Um, so I think that it was, I'm going to say that it, it wasn't a bad off- offensive performance. It wasn't a, I'll say an exceptional offensive performance. You still put 33 points up on a pretty solid Notre Dame defense. So not much to be critical of here. I think that there were some opportunities to where there were some dropped passes. Um, it is what it is. I'm not going to be too critical uh, because it was a pretty solid performance. Putting up 33 points on Notre Dame um, is pretty solid. I mean, it is the most points that have been put up against the Notre Dame Fighting Irish this season. No other team had put up more than 24 points. NC State did that back in week three. Louisville almost had 10 more points than that. So you got the victory. For the second straight game, the defense was absolutely incredible. Um, the offense did what needed to be done. They moved ball when they needed to. There were some instances to where the offense stalled out, but you have to give credit to that Notre Dame defense. It's a very, very good defense. Um, so you can be um, over-analytical when it comes to the mistakes. Uh, obviously, not every performance is um, – well, actually, no performance is perfect. So – you know, you learn from, you know, the minor mistakes that you made this week and try to apply the corrections uh, in front of the matchup against Pittsburgh. But defense did what needed to be done. I was impressed by how Louisville um, interacted or I'm sorry, um, reacted at the line of scrimmage to the Notre Dame pressure to the Notre Dame offensive line. Um, and they did what needed to be done. And we're going to break this performance down more specifically discussing the offense and defense more as a whole on tomorrow's episode of the show with Grant Mulligan as my co-host. But that's going to wrap up this episode of the Locked On Global Podcast. To find the show on all streaming services, be sure to stay tuned to this graphic. The Locked On Global Podcast is free and available wherever you get your podcasts.